Generations to Hunt podcast, where the goal is to learn together and further the culture of hunting. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Generation of the Hunt. Um, I'm here with a special guest, but I'm going to introduce my co-host, Matt. How's it going? Pretty good. How about you? We're, you know, we're doing all right. We're making it through. It's winter, so it's not much sunshine. Just trying to get through till spring. Hey, this seven more months and... I don't think it's seven more months. Could be. Of winter? Yeah. Uh, when does that little hog... Groundhog come out. February, right? All right. (laughs) Well, we'll get back. Uh, Our guest today is Ben Cooper, right? Yep. He's just right. Right. I don't want. just picked him up. I don't want to be like French or something. I just he literally just told me, but I don't want to be like Cooper. Yeah, Cooper. Some guy we just flagged down on the road. Figured we'd bring him in real quick. Yeah. Yeah. You hunt? Yep. You're in the podcast. Yeah. You'll do that. Wow. I feel sorry for you agreeing to this. No. So uh, just give a little introduction or whatever about yourself, Ben. Yeah. Uh, So Ben Cooper um, from Michigan. uh, Same area as Joe. So kind of same stomping grounds as Davison. Uh, Grew up here. Actually, I'm really close to where we I grew up, where oh. you live here. Yep. Um, I am a painting contractor. Uh, have uh, another business on the side, which I guess we'll talk about later. And then I actually started doing some other work here recently, some independent sales work on the side. So, kind of wear a lot of hats right now. And then I hunt a lot and spend out time outdoors. Love it. So you own your own business. Yep. And have a side hustle of yep. sales, and then you have another side hustle that we'll get to later. Where I don't know, where do you find time to hunt in there? Uh, well, and you have being self-employed kids. helps. Yeah, like I can make my own schedule. Granted, a lot of times you are, you know, limited to, you know, meeting deadlines and stuff like that. Oh, but yeah. for the most part, it does make it easier to be able to make your own schedule. Especially in construction right now, how nuts it is. Like, hey, yeah. you got the job. Oh, when you when do you want me to come? Oh, I want you to come tomorrow. Like, yeah. what? Yeah. Like, I've had a couple of jobs like that uh-huh. recently where it was like, oh, I have a painter, but he's like way behind schedule and I need this other house done. It's ready to go. He won't be there for two weeks. Can you do it now? It's like, uh... For an extra... Sure. Extra 10%. I right. Yeah. yeah like you know. Cancellation for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, stuff like, or so like a homeowner was supposed to be painting their house and then they're like, yeah, they tried doing one room and they can't do it. Well, like they just I know they changed that their feeling. mind. Yeah. yeah. When I bought my house, I was like, we're going to repaint it all. I got yeah. through one room and I was like, this was a stupid decision. And like, it took us forever. Yeah. I, I promise I'll, I'll hire my painting out of it. Yeah. yeah that's what, that's what I did with <laughs> yeah. Sawyer's room. And the, I was like, I was like, I am not a painter. Like, I, I was like, I don't know how not, you do it, but I was like, yeah. it's not that bad. And then, you know, like I've done it a little bit here and there. And so I was like, oh, like, it'll be all right. And then I got one room in and then realized that nobody helping me knew how to paint. So I had to keep going back through because it would be like just lines all oh. over the place. And I was like, yeah, 
It was not fun. So. I don't recommend painting parties <laughs> with buddies or friends. Painting parties. Painting parties, literally. Yeah, that's a thing. Like people move in. Hey, we're going to get together. You know, a bunch of people. We're going to paint the house out really quick before we move the furniture in or whatever. Yeah, my, and it, it's a train wreck. Every I, I was going to say, I'm calling Dude. sick for that party. Yeah. Like, hey, bro, I'm busy. Yeah. I didn't even tell you the day. I'm busy. Yeah. <laughs> my wife's sister, she did this cool like Mickey Mouse mural, but in the process, it's black. She dumped all the paint on the carpet. Oh, oh yeah, that's nice. So there's painter's a, worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. So there's a there's a giant just black. <laughs> well, uh, so all right. Well, we'll get to hunting. Yeah. yeah. It's it's nice. We we appreciate uh, you taking the time and coming on here. So uh, yeah. Thanks before for having me. you were talking to us a little bit about a trip you took out west yep. to Montana. Mm-hmm. So I'm. I'm inquired to hear. Yeah, what was like? What was your process? I know you you knew somebody. But mm-hmm. I mean, that helped a little bit. But like, what was like, was like the reasoning? You're, I mean, every, I guess it's Montana. I mean, there's yeah, no well, reason. But yeah, what better reason than just Montana itself? Yeah, but right. yeah, so uh, kind of how that ended up happening is. Uh, so there was uh, some friends that we had from church that they were like we weren't like close friends, but we were you know decent friends with them and whatnot. And then um, it happened that, like, over COVID, like, when that all shut down and, like, stuff got, you know, we, like, stopped going to church, like, having church for a while and stuff like that. Like, we were getting, like, cabin fever, needed people to connect with, and they were feeling the same way. And our wives, like, bumped into each other at, you know, the grocery store or something. And they're like, you want to get together? And they're like, we don't care if you don't like as far as like being around each other, you know, like the whole sickness and everything. We're like, we're good if you're good. So we started hanging out a bunch and getting real close with them. Well, um, so my buddy and his wife is from Montana originally. Her family's still out there. And then her dad and uh, her uncles co-own quite a bit of land out there. And they live in an area where there's a ton of BLM too. And uh, he grew up hunting out there, going with his family. They had a cabin out there, um, his dad, uncles, brothers, and they would go um, to hunt their block management because they they would enroll in block management. And so that's how they met is him go him going there because they would they would you know normally there's like a sign in box that people just sign in the box and get the slip and go out, but they like they preferred being able to meet the people that wanted to hunt their property, so they would actually have to come up to the house and they would have the sign in sheet and so they could actually talk to them and make sure that they're like people they're okay with being on the land. Not right. just people out there going crazy. To right. Shit yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. It can get crazy. So, um, that's how they met. And they ended up, you know, dating and getting married and then now live here in Michigan. And uh, so I'd been wanting to go out west for a while. And then we got to talking. It's like, yeah, her family's out there. And they had a baby at one point and her mom came in. Or no, it was when she had gotten sick and needed help. And so her mom flew in and, you know, got to talk to her a little bit about, like, how they you know, like having people out to come hunt. She's like, yeah, if you ever want to come out, like we have a cabin, like we use to host people and whatnot, or we even have some extra room down downstairs. So like, yeah, for sure. If you ever, if you ever want to try to apply and get out here, you're more than welcome. So we ended up planning uh, a trip to be able to go out, him and I, to hunt. And then um, kind of a family thing for her side of the family, like a vow renewal for her parents and a wedding. 
So it was like all of a combined trip. And then I was, we were able to take both of our families out. So it was like not having to do the whole, like be away from family for two weeks, which was nice being able to take the families with us, which had its own challenges, but it was still like a lot of, very beneficial for the most part how long did it take to drive out there uh we did it in two days it was about well so we left in the evening and then drove all night and then like the following evening we stopped so that we were like 18 hours we drove like 18 hours and then we stayed the night at a hotel and then made the last like five or six hours okay the next day that was yeah so we knocked out a bunch of the driving when the kids were asleep which is actually it's we've we've done that a lot even with like shorter trips like six hour trips eight hour trips like going out to pennsylvania to visit other friends and doing it overnight when you have kids is a lot easier oh yeah you're tired the next day but they just sleep most of the time and you don't have to stop a million times for potty breaks and like (laughs) crying because they want to get out or you know they need a snack every five minutes no. so it, <laughs> yeah. it's actually really say, beneficial that's a long trip with three kids i can only imagine yeah, yeah. so but we we did it and actually i mean for the most part it wasn't too bad um so yeah we planned the trip um i got my elk and deer combo i actually you get, so they're in a limited entry unit for elk so we had to i had to put in for the permit to get that and i was fortunate enough to get my first choice which there is like there's first choice second choice on your uh limited entry unit permits so and they live right on a river and there's two different units on each side and they're both limited entry so you can have one as your first choice and the other side of the river as your second choice so you even if you only get your second choice you're still right there um so i was lucky enough to get my first choice and the combo so yeah we went out there and two weeks and what was the thing you didn't anticipate like that you ran into or the most unexpected thing you ran into when you got out there um i thought we would be covering more ground than what we actually did but that's just the nature of like how this particular unit lays out like most of the elk and deer are concentrated into the river bottom areas because we were in breaks country so you know anywhere but the river bottom areas is really rough terrain and it's very dry and if there's not much rain which they didn't have much rain this year um there's not much food up in the hills so they get pushed down into these uh river areas so it's not like we were putting miles and miles in the back country to track them down because like we did it a little bit and we were just not seeing anything. It was all pretty much river bottoms. Yeah. I mean, they weren't like screaming and bugling and all that. Or like, you no, know, it, all that. we were expecting the rut to kick in like the second week we were there. Cause we went, um, when did we go? It was the middle two weeks of September. Okay. And we were, they were expecting like normally by that, which would be the uh, the second week of our hunt, which would be the third week of September, is when they were expecting to start and see that rutting action, and we really didn't get to see that a lot. They were like, all the locals and stuff were like, yeah, it's late this year. Yeah. We did, right at the very end, it started to pick up, and I was like, oh, I wish I could stay, because it was just starting to get good. Yeah, that's, that's starting, to, starting to hear more bugles and <clears throat> stuff like that, a little bit more daylight activity, but it was still 
pretty limited. Yeah. And were you guys like going to a like a peak and just scouting or were you guys kind of just, you know, just going to like peak to peak and just kind of or just boots on the ground most of the time or most of what we did was like I said the the majority of the elk herd and everything was concentrated in the river bottoms. So, and that's where your main roads are. So what we would do is we would drive the main road and then there's places where you can pull off on like glassing points or you can stop and then you can hike up to a spot where you can overlook most of the like big chunks of the river valley and then you can glass back into the hill country, you know, the back country and stuff like that. So kind of our daily routine was get up in the morning, get to a glassing spot, wait for it to get daylight and um, just see what's going on. So, um, I was, but I was still surprised at how little ground we really covered for how long we were there. Yeah. You were like, like, how, what, what do you think the average miles you were walking a day or, or um, some days it was two, three miles, huh? it, you know, if some, some days were less than that, some were more. Cause there were some days where it did get pretty slow, even in the river valleys. So we were like, well, let's, you know, let's go try to kick something up in the back country so we would hike around for you know the afternoon and then um so put a few miles on doing that but nothing crazy we weren't doing like 10 miles a day or anything yeah. did you uh like did you get any stocks in on any big elk or um kind of um like it was stocks were tough like to get, even get an opportunity because like, even when we'd see them early in the morning, we're glassing, we'd be up at a high point, they'd be down in the river valleys, and they would end up going to bed in these really thick willow areas. So, like, when they would go in there, they would disappear, and you wouldn't have a clue where they were at inside these thick willow patches on the on the bends of the river, the oxbows yeah. and stuff. And a lot, And because one side of the river is the unit I had the permit for, and then their other side of the unit, I can't hunt. There was a lot of times where they would bed down on the other side of the river, and you just are like, well, it's like nothing we can do. Your choice is to wait for them to get up and hope they come across yeah. in the night or Right, which that would kind of be the game plan sometimes. It would be like, okay, like there's nothing going on in the middle of the day, so we're just going to come back here and expect that if they get up, they could cross the river here, and then we could ambush them. And, yeah. um, but, like, there was – the first two days were actually nuts. Like, uh, so we got there, well, we got there in the afternoon. Um, and then he and I took off for a little bit in the evening just to scout, do some looking around, do some glassing. And we decided to drive back into one of the two tracks that go back into the back country on the BLM. And within the first like five minutes, we kicked up a decent whitetail as we were just driving. And I had my bow in the, you know, the truck. So I grabbed it out and I, you know, tried to find him, but he'd, you know, dove off. He was like right off in the first five minutes. It was um, probably 120 inch eight point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, probably 110 inch eight point actually. Yeah. Um, so not bad to no. start like with the first few I minutes. Mean, hey, we weren't there. It could be 130, 140. We're going to believe you. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I've, out there, I've, it's that market pretty big deer for that mm-hmm. size. Well, they probably I mean, don't get hunted, I would say, as much because that's more of like uh, known for elk. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is. I was like telling you earlier, the whitetail hunting was a lot better than I was expecting. That's another thing I didn't expect is the class of whitetails that were there in that particular area that we were in and how many of them. And it's probably hard to get on a whitetail out there. 
not as hard as you would really? think. Really? Right. It was pretty darn cool. Were, was there a mix of muleys in that area? Yeah. Okay. But they they tend to be up in the hills more. So you the only time we saw them down in the, the valley is like first thing in the morning, we'd be driving up to a glassing spot and they, like they'd cross the road in front right. of us. I think that was the only time we saw muleys down low. And I don't know this. Uh, like that tag you had for the deer, was it any? Yeah, either species. Either yep. species? Okay, yep. cool. Yep. So Damn, that's a good-ass tag, man. Yeah, you yeah it, that, that combo tag is sweet. Yeah. <laughs> monster muley or whitetail and then a or, big or, old elk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that would have been. Yeah, so that, that combo tag is sweet. Like that's always what I'll, I'll always apply for that. Yeah. And do you think you got really lucky getting this tag, you think? or Well, I so mean, I was looking at the draw odds um, for that unit and for archery to get the permit for that for non-resident is still like 70%, but that was based on previous years. Oh, yeah. It's been getting harder every that, year. Like I heard of a ton of people like on social media who like – could get Montana every year, like get their general tag, and they didn't. They yeah. were like, "That's the first time in like Kansas five was. years, ten years yeah. that I've not I, gotten a Montana." Tag. A lot of it, what I seen was uh, the the COVID checks, like yeah. for people that stayed working, was like a supplemental income. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of people that used that to apply for places like Kansas yep. and obviously Montana, because Kansas. Uh, it sold out. A lot of people that like have gone down there for years. They were like, "Yeah, we just we didn't get drawn." I mean, you don't have to answer this, but we just kind of talked about this on a, a previous episode uh, about how that influences from you know like other people, like mm-hmm. all these influencers. Is it good or bad? What do you think? Because like it's drawing more pressure towards public land and all that. I mean, there's like a selfish thing, like in our yeah. eyes, like we don't want more hunter, yeah. but then you go, we don't want the sport. Yeah, that's a hard question because like yeah. for sure i want us to have a lot of hunters so that we have support for hunting mm. like because if because like the guys on the hunting public talk about it they're like yes there's a lot of people hunting public land and it can be frustrating but they're like we're not gonna have if we don't have more hunters and like we don't start recruiting more because we're losing numbers we're going to lose the number of voices we have to say we need prop- we need land to hunt. Right. Well, you you already see it. I mean, what was it, about 10 years ago or so, they banned dove hunting in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And then I've read some things where, like, certain states are banning, like, the use of trail cameras yep. and stuff like that because they don't have hunters advocating to, like, why they can be a useful tool. There's just people that just don't want people out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're seeing that a lot. There's a lot of legislation and like pushes like yeah. socially right now. Yeah, for that, anti-hunting. And agenda. Like, I think it maybe it was the what was it where they just outlawed a bunch of like I think it was like cougar and all that. Like, was it Colorado where they? Uh, I don't remember about Colorado. I know in in Washington, maybe. there's a big deal going on right now because. Um, you'll have to forgive me if i get the details wrong but like essentially in order for them to have a bear season they have to have like a a revised um like look at it every year to determine okay how many tags you know should we allocate and it has to be science-based you know and then it has to go um before a committee to have them vote on it to approve it and what happened is they um like voted to not accept the study or something like that so which means that 
there was just no bear season. So it wasn't a ban. It was like, we're just not having a bear season. This year? Right, this year. But right. there's there's pushback and some, some things possibly happening to be able to reverse that. And I... I haven't looked into all yeah. the details, but it's I'm, like it's one of the bigger deals going on. Right yeah, now. I don't, you know, like I know you're not an expert, and we're not experts yeah. either. And like that's that happens. I think that I, it could be wrong. Is this like people that don't know, you know, you know the impact of us doing what we do, you know, mm-hmm. with conservation and all that, you know, like taking numbers down, and then you know, like mountain lions, like they kill like yeah. a deer a you know, a week or something like, yeah, like crazy. I, I was listening to a podcast just today, um, on point with Garrett Weaver. He had somebody on, I can't remember his name, but he was from, uh, an organization like a hunter advocation advocate, um, organization. And they were talking about mountain lions. I think they're trying to get mountain lion hunting banned in Arizona. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he was talking about some of the, the data of mountain lions. And it was like, they kill on average one deer or elk per week. So even though Arizona only has an estimated population of 2,500 mountain lions, they kill an estimated a hundred some thousand animals yeah. per year. And that's, and then they said that um, bears steal a lot of mountain lion kills. So like for up to like 40% or 70% in some areas. So like you have to think, if they're getting forty percent of their kills stolen, they go out immediately within that same week and kill another one because they just had one stolen. I read it. So it's pro- the estimates of what they kill is hundreds of thousands of animals just for like twenty five hundred mountain lions. Yeah, I read an article that, and it might be in Arizona. I don't remember the state. It's like uh, the elk there. They had something like I don't know, a couple hundred calves, and the mountain lions killed all but fifteen. Yeah. Oh, I think that was. They were talking about Washington or either Washington or Oregon. I heard that same thing. They had collared a bunch of calves. And only 15 of and them only survived. And only like 15 of them survived. And they they were able to determine that the majority of those were killed by mountain lions. Yeah. I mean, and that's the problem is like these committees that are voting on this, I think I, this is all speculation. I, I don't know. It, I don't think they, I don't think they know. They don't know. They just go, oh, this sounds bad. I don't, I don't like people killing you know, that's like it mm. sounds like exotic hunting to me. Like, well, going, I don't know if I give them give them that much credit because they're given the data, the science based data on what's going on, and they base their decision on whether or not to allow the hunt to happen. Supposedly, it's supposed well, to be based the on same thing happens that in information. Michigan. So, like, there's been some like QDM advocacy groups. So, <clears throat> they the DNR. The NRC opened up the Northwest 13 for antler point restrictions, yeah. which for hunters or, yes, people that are selective on deer, that was great because it gave us scientific data. Mm-hmm. Well, then just, I don't know, five, six years ago, there was another group that essentially wanted to make the whole southern peninsula an antler point restriction and just kind of vary it depending on areas. So like Southern, I think the Southern part of the state was going to be four or more on one side. Mm -hmm. And then like the rest of the state was going to be three or more. And they had data to prove like more deer were killed once they implemented antler point restrictions in the Northwest 13 and the age structure of deer went up. Yep. And the NRC said, Nope. Yeah. And didn't want to do it. And now they're, They've implemented them in some of the CWD areas, mm-hmm. but they've also implemented the fact that 
we're just going to shoot every deer. I mean, they're, yeah. they have sharp shooters out there trying to just shoot as many deer as possible. It's yeah. So it doesn't really work. That and I think there were somewhere in Yellowstone or something. They were talking about eradicate, not eradicating, sorry, like taking out so many bison. It was like a thousand mm-hmm. bison or something they were taking out. I'm like, why don't they make it a, you know, like a tag a zone or you know how much money that could bring to the state? And well, maybe this isn't the same maybe. hunt. There was one that I heard about where they were, I think it might have been, well, maybe. Um, where they actually did. Uh, a special entry mm. to be able to go on that coal hunt. Oh. Uh, I did, and like, I don't remember what how many people applied for it, but if you actually looked at the numbers of people who applied for it, and versus the number of like tags that they had allocated, it was like pretty darn good for like a bison. If you were to like try to get a bison any other time, yeah. like a or a buffalo, like on yeah. a, a draw. Um, I thought about doing it, but yeah. I, I didn't. I was like, oh, I don't have time. Uh, I, I'm sorry. No, you're good. I, I, that's what I wanted to do for my 30th birthday. I was going to go to a, yeah. do a bison, just a farm one. I, my I, buddy did one this yeah. past year. He oh, got one. man. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to do it, but I mean, it's it, it's not super. I mean, it is. it does have some money on it behind it, but it was just like my, bison meat. You get so much meat. Yeah. yeah. It is so Giant. much. They're yep. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> and that was with the butcher fee because I was like, dude, I uh-huh. can imagine. Can you imagine like killing one out in the wild and like, like roll it over? Yeah. Gotta get the other. <laughs> There's no I remember you, you want to do that Alaska trip. I listened to a podcast about pa- packing on a moose out, and I went, I don't want to do that at all. That sounds awful. I, I'm trying to convince him to do an Alcon. I mean, uh, Alaskan Yukon hunt. That would be sweet. I know it would be so sweet forget you i'm gonna i'm gonna send you well, a podcast and you're gonna listen to it and i guarantee obviously you, dude it change. i don't know it's these people what, lived in alaska i i understand yeah. that i understand that sorry um uh but it, it's just like one of them things like dude it's one of them things that like while you're doing it you're probably not gonna have it's like embracing the suck yeah. like during the time you're like dude this sucks or yeah. like this is you're putting your body through torture your mental state is probably not going to be stable and it's just like and then once you get done with it you're like holy shit dude that dude said you'll go on yeah. an 11 day hunt he goes in alaska you'll be able to hunt five of those days yeah. it's like a thirty thousand dollar hunt no, i want to hunt the whole no, thing you do the diy one that's the thing you do the guided one where they fucking all right we got lassie right on right. well i mean okay i'm, I'm not i'm not gonna <laughs> say that kind of guy because i was always about you know guides like oh guys guides a hundred percent you know yeah. that's what i thought and that it's not no, no, no you're still doing the work but yep. no but yeah for them big yukon moose one them are ones are like fucking world class i'm oh, sorry uh world class yukon and yeah. moose i mean them ones are expensive no i'm talking about doing a diy they just drop you off yeah you just kind of do your own thing but we're buddy and i are well we're talking about a bunch of hunts right now but we're thinking maybe two three years doing uh sick of blacktail Oh, out in Oregon or no, or? like in Alaska, oh. like Kodiak Island. So I'll tell you another thing. I was against. So Alaska's regulations are some of the strictest mm-hmm. in the world. So that was another thing because it's like, gosh, you could be a quarter inch off, and you're gonna get a ticket and yeah. lose everything. Oh yeah, yeah. And then like their rules. I don't know how the black tail is. I don't think that's. I don't know that there's any. I have to look into it, but they're yeah. pretty, like, it's easy to get tags. Like, you can get, like, up to three tags uh, for for those. And I don't think they have restrictions on antler points or anything, but I have to double check. Isn't, isn't like, Blacktail, I'm trying to remember. 
I was on Instagram. That I think like isn't like a hundred inch like that's a hundred inch. That, that's yeah, a big deer. Yeah, 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 that's a monster. Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah, yeah. Like Alaska uh, and about your regulations, like the last thing you can get from a moose is the head and antler. Like if you take the head and antler back to camp before mm-hmm. the meat, that is a huge problem. Yeah. yeah. I hated everything about the podcast. I, I like the podcast. Well, obviously, longer, dude, it, yes. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's going to be not a fun, not as fun as you think. It's an adventure hunt, dude. It's some mm-hmm. of the, some of the adventures you have. You I smile. I the same adventure in Canada. Mm, but you have to do a, You have to do a guide in Canada. You have to do a guide in, uh, you have to go through a guide service in Alaska. So that you have to go through a well, guide it, service, it's, they just drop you off. Oh yeah, I don't think I, I, I don't think there's drop camps in Canada. I think you have to be a I company. I think you have to be a company. But in Alaska, you have to go through a guided service. But they basically go, we drop you off here. Yeah, we'll see you in like five days. Yep, call us or whatever you, you get. call us if you get one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, I don't know. I don't know. It's something ridiculous. Sorry, we're going down a rabbit hole about litigation. Now we're in Alaska. Yeah, I know. We we went off. There. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's it, all right. It happens. But um. So we'll go back to what about your Michigan season, your whitetail season? Pretty well, first, good. Did you you didn't end up actually getting anything in Montana? Oh no, um, <laughs> had some pretty good action. Uh, like I said, the first two days were crazy, and then it it was uh, crazy in that. Well, I guess I'll just tell the stories really quick. So first morning um, that we were there, where we could glass in the morning. Um, we go up to a point where we can see a long ways is what like the best spot to glass that whole valley. Um, at least from the, the areas that we could hunt. Cause if you go to like further North on the Valley, it's you're into some private ranches and there's no point in glassing up there. Cause there's massive herds of elk up there and it's not high fence, but they grow alfalfa just to let the elk eat up there. So that's where a lot of the elk were. Um, and then you go further to the south, it's just not as good. So, like, this one, about five-mile stretch, we could glass most of it from one spot. So, we got up there in the morning, and uh, I don't remember if we saw any elk that morning, but we saw quite a few whitetails down in some of the ag fields down in the valley and watched those for a little bit. And uh, we kept seeing, looking at this one deer. There's this cornfield down below us, one of the closer fields, and we kept looking at this one deer and from the distance that we were looking at, like you couldn't see antlers, but you could see other deers and you could tell that this one had a bigger body than most of the other ones out there. Like that looks like does. We saw a couple of decent, decent bucks cross the river and they were gone. Um, so I kept watching this one. It kept working its way closer and closer. And then uh, we're like, oh, that, yeah, that's a buck. And then maybe it's a little kind of a, you know two-year-old buck or something you know so i started to see a little bit of antlers and uh you know because it's starting to get lighter now too and then a, a coyote starts you know just going crazy like i don't know half a mile away and then a few more start going off and this thing picks its head up and it's you know looks at that the direction and it's like all right i'm gonna just boogie go back to bed or whatever and he starts running and he starts running our direction and we're up on a ridge you know look overlooking this valley and you're like i wonder where he's gonna head let's watch him and he just keeps coming straight at us he keeps coming straight at us and we're like he's not veering off anywhere we thought he would veer off and go bed down in these thick you know river you know willow areas or something and uh right at the same time that i 
saw it, my buddy's like, dude, that's a good buck. And, he, and it was a nice wide, I don't even know how many points he had, but he was outside the ears wide and he's coming right at us. And there's this big finger that comes down from the ridge that we're on straight down towards him. And I didn't have my bow with me. I, we were just up there glassing them, which was a stupid idea. We're just up there glassing. We won't see nothing. You know, we won't like have a shot at anything up here. We'll go get the bow and we'll go stalk something, yeah. you know, that. And that was a dumb idea. So I, as soon as he says that, I already saw it and I already knew I got to go run to the truck right now. Ran to the, sprinted to the truck, grabbed my bow and I sprinted over. I thought he was going to come up the side of the finger up this draw. And so I ran past the end of the finger a little bit and I'm, I got my bow and I'm, I'm looking for him. And then my buddy, he's, he starts coming he's, um, you know, falling behind me a little bit and I'm like looking down in the draw and then I catch some movement out of the corner of my eye. And right as I hear that, my buddy's like, dude, right there. And I turn around and the buck is coming up the finger and it's like, it, it would come up a little bit and then it would flatten out and he come up over this flat spot. And then he, he's, so his head pops up. So I'm out on the top of this ridge. There's like oh, no cover up there. It's just like dry grass and no sagebrush anywhere to hide behind. So I just drop down into a squat. Like hopefully he thinks I'm just a sagebrush or something <laughs> like, you know, and wide open on the middle of this ridge. And, uh, he didn't see me drop down, I guess, cause he looked around, looked, scanned a little bit and then he kept coming and I'm like, okay i thought he would have just took one look at me and busted he's like 60 yards at this point so he keeps coming and he's like the finger is coming up at an angle where the further up he comes the closer he's getting to me like the distance and uh, my buddy like lays down flat on his back because he didn't want to be seen by this thing but he's right on the path that that that, like you can see the trail that comes up this finger and he's like laying right at it on it (laughs) (laughs) and so i'm like i pull an arrow i'm like trying to keep like as low profile as possible keep my elbows tucked in i pull an arrow out of my quiver i load it onto the bow real slow and like he'd stop and look and i would just stop moving and then he's like you know you could tell he was getting a little weirded out but he was like not I, I was just like, this thing's going to bust at any second. Why is he not, like, just out of here? So I keep loading the arrow. I'm like, all right. And then I clip my release on. And then um, something in my gear got snagged or something, made a little bit of a pop noise. And then he looked hard at me. And he's, like, 30 yards at this point. And then he's like, start getting that real wigged-out look in his eye. So then he starts running. But he keeps running up the finger instead of like turning around and so he's still getting closer to me at this point i'm like all right i'm pulling back so i start to rip back as he's starting to run faster and faster and then he starts bounding and right as i get to full draw he's like 15 yards away uh he's like in midair he sees my buddy laying on the trail and as soon as his hooves hit the ground he takes a hard dive to the left and he's off that ridge and a heartbeat and gone right as i came to full draw is when he <laughs> dove off the side i was just like dude but that like talk about adrenaline oh, rush. I like imagine. that first morning like just <laughs> a stroke of luck that that coyote started howling and that thing came up right there you were just you know? like yeah, i'm about to be done day one right like, yeah. yeah it was just crazy this, is, this isn't that hard yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, well, well and then that was the moment where i'm like these whitetails are different than Michigan. Like, I, I, if that was a Michigan whitetail that age, because it was probably at least a three-year-old, like, really wide, not super tall, but 
I couldn't even get a good calculation. Michigan whitetails in the two states I've hunted: Kansas, Ohio. Michigan whitetails are drastically oh, smart. It is, and much yeah. more skittish than. Yep. I mean, well, my Kansas story: the buck sees us crawling in the grass mm-hmm. and walks to fifteen yards. Yeah, like just because he's crazy. Thought I was like, another deer is gonna fight me. Mm-hmm. Michigan, that deer would have. Uh, that deer would have taken off for sure. Gone. There's no way. There's miles. no way. <laughs> so that was, I mean, it was cool, but it was also weird. Like mm-hmm. these things are just not, they're like a different animal the right. way they act. Right. Um, and he took off. We don't know where he ended up going. We lost sight of him, but that was the first morning. I don't remember what the rest of the day was like. Not much happened. Um, we might have glassed up a couple of elk that first evening on the other side of the river, right? I mean, almost no light. Like, you just make out two bodies on the riverbank, and, and they were, like, pushing a little bit, like, sparring. And you, but, and you said you were, like, in a valley and all that, right? Yeah, like a long river valley that yeah. runs north and south. And we were up on, you know, as soon as it, as soon as the hills start, like, they go straight up, and it's, like, rough. And then uh, was it, like... Were they, was the valley facing, I'm trying to think, because, uh, and where I was in Wyoming, like, when the sun would come up, like, mm-hmm. that you get your temperature, your thermals would drastically rise. Yeah. As soon as that sun hit that, that peak, the mm-hmm. valley would just go, boom, just dark. It's a, was it like that? Or no, it was, it's pretty wide open okay. out there. Like, it's not super high elevation. And even, like, when it's, it's hilly, it's like it's still like when you get to like the top of one of them you're like at the top of every hill it's not like you have a ton of like way bigger you know peaks and then it drops down so like as soon as the sun came up over you know the first hill or whatever pretty much everything was light out Mm -hmm. and then it's so there was um like they had a forest fire come through there a few years back so there was hardly any like pine trees left so it was all like it's all grass and sagebrush basically for the most part and it was all really dry so like the light just re- like reflects off all that light colored stuff so it's you know once the sun's up you can see oh, everything yeah. so that was day one yeah i can imagine <laughs> day two was even crazier oh yeah so we went up to the same spot to glass again you know and uh this time i had my bow with me <laughs> lesson yeah, learned. Lesson learned. <laughs> you're not gonna make that mistake no us. no and uh so we go up to the same ridge and uh um i'm trying to think here so you know saw some deer down in the ag fields again i don't know that we saw any bucks that morning maybe we did but they were they didn't hang out long um or we didn't, weren't paying attention because we actually glassed up some bulls that morning so um there so the river winds really drastically it's just like oxbow after oxbow so um we saw one i saw one crossing the river up onto a gravel bar oxbow and it was pretty open um and i could see the one like hey there's a there's an elk down there he's like yeah it's a bull it's a pretty good bull so we were watching him and then he just makes his way across that gravel bar and then back down into the river and then um onto the other side which that would be the unit that i didn't have the permit for so it was like he started on the unit i couldn't hunt crossed over for 
just a couple minutes on the side that I could hunt and then back over. And then there was another one that came another one. And so it was a, a string of five bulls that came across the river in that same spot. And then a couple of them stopped and kind of messed around with each other, sparred a little bit, and they all ended up making their way across. And then going into these willows, um, on the other side of the river, you know, not far away at right. all, but they were on the other side of the river and, you know, we can't hunt over there. So right. we got to watch them go to bed. So like, right, well, we know where five bulls are. That's not a yeah. bad start. At least <laughs> right. we know where they're at. They, we know they crossed the river a bunch. So, but then we're watching these other hunters that are down in the valley, um, to the South a little bit down or they would be up river and, uh, they had done like a setup where they're like maybe trying to catch them at a river crossing or something. And, uh, they were, I don't know. We were, we just kept watching them like, man, what are they doing? They're being a little bit careless. Cause they were just like one, you know, one hunter would come and meet up with this one guy who had a setup and another one and another one. And there's eventually four guys standing on the riverbank, just standing and talking and stuff like that. And all the while, they're like 200 yards from where these old bulls are bedded. We're like, crap, they're going to blow these things out if they're not careful. And we're like, hopefully they just go upriver and leave that way. And were they, they were hunting, right? They were hunting, yeah. yeah. And we're just like, man, hopefully they don't. We're going to have to stay here and just see what happens. Because if they you know, blow these things out, we want to know where they're going. And uh, sure enough, they start walking down the edge of the river getting closer and closer to where these bulls are bedded. They're on the other side of the river, but it's all pretty, like, wide open. Right. Noise carries really far and everything. And sure enough, once they get with, to within 150 yards of where those bulls are bedded, two of them bust out, just two of the bulls that we saw. And they were both uh, decent six-by-sixes. And uh, they crossed the river. And, again, we're kind of thinking the same thing. We're like, well... You know, if they go up to the north, there's, like, a, a good bedding area up by the river. Maybe they're going that way. Nope. They came straight across the ag field and started coming right at us <laughs> on the ridge that we were at. Jeez. We're like, holy crap, are you kidding me? This, like, this is going to happen again? So he's like, I so I hand my rangefinder to him because I'm the one with the, the elk tag. I hand my rangefinder to him. He didn't have any of his stuff with him. And I was just like, you're going to have to range for me once these things pop up here. And he's like, all right, yeah, get back off the edge. And I started to make my way to where I thought they would be coming up. And he's like, wait, wait, like, we don't want to go too far that way because they could decide to come up this way over here. And there's a couple of different draws that they could draws that they could come up. So we didn't want to commit to going to one just to have them come up the other one and be we'd we be way off. So he's just like, hold on, wait. So we're like, all right. And he's just like, get your bow ready. And, uh, so I get arrow ready and everything release, you know, locked on and, uh, he's watching him's like, okay, they're coming up this way, which is the way I was originally expecting them to come up. And he's like, um, you know, just get ready. He's like, but hold on, wait, wait. You know, he's like peeking over to where he can just see him, you know? And, uh, he's like, all right, go ahead and draw. So I draw my bow and I'm sitting there and I'm sitting there and I'm sitting there and I can hear them like you know, tumbling rocks and like, I can hear them coming up. Oh, yeah. I'm like, Oh dude, it's about to happen. But they stopped for a little bit down in a spot where I couldn't see them. And he's like, they stopped for a second. So I let down and, uh, as soon as I let down, they started coming up again. And then I could, I could finally see antlers start to come up. And, uh, 
the first one comes and he stops in a little spot, like a little flat spot about, you know, 30 feet below the top of the ridge. And, uh, he's facing away from me and I, but I can see him fully now. And the other one's still down a little bit where I can't see him. And, uh, my buddy ranges him. He's like 87 yards. I was like, dang because i was already, i was drawn back and i had a single pin that i kind of added a, a mark on the post to have a second reference and i had it set up where i could only shoot like 50 yards well like the second reference was like 50 yards so i'm like that's not gonna work so i had to let down again and reset it to like 82 or whatever maybe it was 82 um but by that point he had moved up to the top of the ridge and was standing out in the wide open at 100 and the other one had moved into the spot that he had been standing at and that flat spot. And so, but he was, fa- I drew back and I had, you know, sight picture on him and everything, but he was facing away from me. So I'm like, I'm not going to take a facing away shot, yeah. obviously. <laughs> so, so when he decided to move, he moved up basically to the same spot. This other one was as a hundred. My buddy's like, he's at a hundred. And I went back and forth in my head, like in a split second. I'm like, oh, what do I, do I let down? Do I you know do i not shoot what do i do and uh i looking back i probably shouldn't have but i just i aimed high and shot which a hundred yard shot is it's different out there like your mindset about shot distance totally changes especially with that size animal but it's probably not something i would do again but it ended up going low under his belly you know, no harm, no foul. Yeah. Yes. But that was <laughs> like, talk about intense. Like, oh, for yeah. Your second day of elk hunting, having two six by six bulls yeah. standing up on the ridge, the same ridge that you are, like, and the sun's like coming up, like over their backs, and oh. they're just like back. It was just like <laughs> so cool. Like a Primo's episode. Yeah, it was oh, so, yeah. super cool. Oh yeah. But what's crazy though is when he first called out the yards, like or that second time, he's like, yeah, hundred yards. I was like, you're kidding me. He's at 60. Yeah. Like, cause, cause in, so like those, they're so, so big, big and the scale of everything is so different. It does not look as far as it is. Yeah. I don't, I, but I was like, I better trust him. He better trust that he's right. You know, that's the range finder. I'm just looking at it, but it's crazy. I mean, they look like they were like 60 yards away. They were a hundred yards away. Um, yeah. I, I was about to ask you, what's your like most, like, what would you, I know you took a hundred yard shot, but like, what's your number? I mean, it's all about practice. I, yeah. I, I, oh yeah. And I, and I practiced at 80 and a hundred, yeah. you know, and, and stuff like that over the season, but it's still hunting situation is different. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. like, I kind of felt, I felt bad for taking that shot afterwards. Like, cause I was like, I, it'd be, it maybe it would have been a little bit different if I actually had my sight set for a hundred, which it goes to a hundred. I, you know, and I practiced at that, but I was just guessing at that point. Cause it's not like I practice shooting at a hundred yards with my pin set at 82. Right. Like I, you know, I don't pr- practice every single yardage, Yeah. At, you know? So I'm like, you know, that was kind of foolish to do. So after that, I'm like, you need to settle down and only take shots that you think are ethical and comfortable it's and easier after the fact oh yeah in the heat of the moment yeah it I, was, I, i'll be honest i don't know that i would have done it, it different if i knew i could shoot to oh yeah, yeah. Yards they're right had, there yeah. Bro- he was perfectly broadside standing still looking no. right you know, i just like yeah I, i'm not yeah. gonna backseat quarterback that at all because <laughs> yeah. you know i don't know like your practice routine but i've shot with you actually and then i know you're a pretty good shot so i know that but i mean dude i 
people can't justify it because they weren't there first mm-hmm. off and second on they ever i i've had not even 140 inch deer in front of me and i've adrenaline dumped so oh, yeah. much i yeah. can't even know what i don't even know what year it is i mean i yeah. couldn't imagine what elk would do to me yeah i i was like i, I held it together pretty good you know, it's, I wasn't like shaken or anything. I felt pretty steady with like my hold and like my release and everything. But it was just I was just guessing yeah. at where to hold the pin, and that's where I that's really where I felt bad. I'm like, you shouldn't just guess. You should be confident to know where that arrow was going at the distance you're shooting at. And that's where I felt bad after. Had I like had I know had time to set my pin to a hundred and taken that shot, you know. I actually feel confident that I would have hit him because my shot actually felt good as far as making the shot, but it was just, I was just guessing and it went under his belly. So who knows what would have happened? Maybe yeah. it would have been a bad shot. Maybe it wouldn't have, yeah. you know, maybe it would have been a great shot. I don't know, but that's, you, you just don't know. Yeah. So after that, I'm like, you need to be a, just a little bit more conservative and like only take shots where, you know, you can, if it's that far out, you have to have a good range and you have to have your pin set. So, um, one of the other, and this is where I keep going back and forth. There's another opportunity I had where it was a couple of days later, maybe. Um, I decided to go down onto that gravel bar where they had crossed that one morning. Because they were like, well, there's there's a lot of brush down there. I could go down and I could get concealed in some of that brush. And as they're crossing op- over the open part of the gravel bar, they'll be on this side of the river and I might have a shot at one. And the wind was like projection was looking decent. Granted, in the morning in the valley, it just swirls a bunch. So, I mean, who knows what can happen? So, I decided to go actually do a ambush setup, basically, like hunting whitetails almost right. on the ground. Um, that was, I think that was two or three days later in the morning. So, I go down there. I sneak down there as quiet as possible because who knows how close they could be. Because, like I said, it's it was calm like down in that area like noise cat travels oh, yeah. pretty far so I, I got down there pretty quiet felt pretty good i was able to get up behind um some uh cottonwood like stump sprout shrub things where like beavers had like cut down some cottonwood saplings and then basically a big shrub of cottonwood leaves grow up into like a big bush mm. so i was actually had really good cover um so just started to get daylight it was legal shooting just maybe a few minutes in and i hear something crossing the river just in that same spot we had seen him cross a few days before and i uh, you know peek around and i do see a bull coming and uh he starts making his way over the gravel bar and i'm like i'm gonna wait because the that time that we watched them they would come across and they would stop right at the edge before going into the river and crossing so they would just be standing there. I'm like, I'm going to wait for him to go to that and stop. And then I'll, I should have a nice clear open shot and he'll be standing still. And um, so he came through. It was nice six by six. And, uh, but it was, he came out, he came across further than what I was expecting. It's hard to judge distance when you're looking like, oh yeah, that bush looks like it's going to be 35 yards away from where they crossed. Well, it was further than what it actually looked like once you're actually down there. Right. So he came across and did that. He stopped right before he crossed, and uh, he was 87. 
And I was really conflicted because, like, I practiced at 80. Like, he was calm. Like, I was prepared. And I set my sight and everything. But then I kept thinking, like, I'd really like it to be closer. And it was low light. It was legal light. But it was, like, low light to where I wasn't confident that I'd be able to get a good sight picture at that distance. Almost like gray light. It was gray light, yeah. Yeah. So, like, like if he was a lot closer, I would have been more than confident in, like, being able to see him well. But I was just worried that he was going to end up blending in. So, I'm like, you know, like, there's four other bulls potentially that could come across and do that. Like, you know, because we saw five bulls do that. So like, there's a chance that one of them could come, come a little bit closer. I'll, ha- I'll have a few more minutes for it to get a little bit more light. And I'll have a better quality shot. So I watched them cross the river and technically if they're in the river, you can shoot them. Mm. Even if they have one foot or one hoof on the river, but they're, standing on their other side if they have one foot in the river you're technically allowed to shoot so i kept going back and forth like oh he's staying because he would stop in the river a few times like stand there for a few seconds and i just was like no just be patient wait for a high quality chance one that you feel really confident in so i decided not to take a shot at him so he crossed over and it was a few minutes later that um back behind me where the brush and everything is a lot thicker i heard some noise and i look back and i see the top of a willow or a cottonwood sapling just flopping back and forth and i could see that the tops of some tines um you know raking it and i could see like for a second here and there when brush would move that was a bull raking a tree i'm like well they came through a way different you know there he didn't cross across the open he came through the thick stuff back behind me and luckily the wind had switched right at the perfect time to where instead of coming into my face away from the first bull that came through, it switched and was hitting my back going away from the bull that came in from that side. So I was like, well, that couldn't have worked out better as far as the wind. So as he's thrashing it, I'm like, I need to make a move because he's busy. He can't hear anything. He's thrashing this thing, making a bunch of rack. He's distracted and he needs to start moving closer because... Uh, he was probably a hundred yards away at this point. Oh. Maybe, maybe a little bit closer, still, but I could, still I in couldn't the wheelhouse, see, though. yeah, I couldn't see his body. I could just see the top of his head and his antlers right. when he would like hit the top of, you know, the tree as he was coming up with it. So I start walking that way and I'm pretty open at this point. Cause like all my, I'm like, I'm behind all the cover. And then there's this big open area between me and the next bit of cover. So I'm like, I'm just going to go and hopefully he doesn't see me or, or hear me and, so I, you know, make my way over there, and uh, he stops, and I don't hear anything for a little bit, and I don't have a good look at him because I mean it's those river bottom willows are so thick, oh, like yeah. crazy thick. So I'm just standing there for a few minutes, and uh, I hear some movement around actually, and then a, a cow and a calf busted out and crossed the river onto the other side like a little ways down so i'm like well what busted those out my wind should be good it shouldn't have been me maybe the bull was messing with them i'm not sure exactly why they they busted across the river like that like they were spooked Um, but they did so i was expecting so i moved over to where i thought i could get a shot if like that bull was dogging them or something like get a shot at him if he's chasing them or, or whatever and as i was doing that you know i just waiting and listening for movement at this point and uh 
I hear some movement and then a body starts coming through making its way through the willows and I see a spike bull coming through the willows right at me and all I could see was his spike in his head his spikes in his head uh, coming through and he came to within like 15 yards of me standing right in front of me he ended up seeing me and had his vitals not been covered by a bunch of brush I would have shot him but he uh, he spotted me, and then he spoke off back into the thick stuff. And I started to make my way over to another area that I knew there was kind of an opening in the brush to off to my left. And so I start making my way over that way, and I make it about five yards. And that other bull was bedded like 10 yards away from me probably in oh. the willows and he took off like a freight train and then the, the little <laughs> one took off and i mean it's like i'm glad they ran the other direction because oh, yeah. those things are like freight trains oh, just yeah. running through that rush just a huge racket just just like clydesdale yeah. with antlers yeah, yeah. yeah it was crazy oh man i couldn't so i mean you had some chances out there yeah so you yeah. definitely <clears throat> it was quite an experience for sure yep yep and yeah, did some whitetail hunting, came close to killing a really, really, really nice whitetail. Oh, there was several good ones that I saw on that trip. I want to go back for some whitetail hunting. <laughs> is it easier to draw a whitetail tag or not really? Is it the exact same? Uh, I haven't looked into it. I just got a, the combo. Okay. So I got the elk and the deer tag, um, which I would, that's the way I would go if you're wanting to go, like, go ahead and get the combo. Um, but you can get just the deer tag if you want. Yeah, I think but. I would agree because I could only imagine going down there, just getting a whitetail tag, and then just seeing all these elk. Like, damn, it'd be <laughs> super cool if I could go shoot one of those. Well, that's what I thought about when I was planning. I'm like, well, my buddy says there's a lot of you know mule deer out there, and he said he's he's been out there like hunting elk and had monster muleys 10 yards in front of him and not had a tag. So I'm like, I don't want to run into that situation. I want the combo, man. And I'm glad I got it because it was kind of the same thing. Like, oh, well, you know, if I have a nice deer in front of me, I'll be able to shoot it. Yeah. Basically, dealer's choice, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Not going out there. Yeah. When I went out to Wyoming, I seen everything besides an actual bear close to me. Right. I had (laughs) bighorn sheep closer than bears. nice. That was crazy. I was like, man, this kind of kind of sucks at one time. Yeah. Right? But then, like you're saying, like it would really be dumb just to look at a, something you can't shoot. And Especially, like I said, with the class of whitetails that we were seeing. We saw a lot more whitetails than we saw mule deer because we spent most of our time in the river bottom, which is where the whitetails are concentrated and like the muleys are up in the hills more. We did get to put – I did get to put a stock on one muley up in the hills um, – I didn't get real close and he ended up spooking out, but that was cool just to say I got to put a stock on a, yeah. a muley. Um, but uh, yeah, like, I mean, I saw probably four or five deer, 140s plus. And then you came back to Michigan and you were like, this isn't nearly as cool. As Michigan, I love Michigan, <laughs> but there it is different. I mean, as far as you antler size and everything like yeah. i had some decent bucks on camera this year and everything i came back to but, michigan from kansas and yeah, like, yeah this is i wasn't nearly as excited to go out right like i was like man like I, I i don't know i i thought i would be less excited to you know for whitetail season this year because i got to go on you know this awesome you know western hunt that i've been wanting to do for years and i thought that's all my mind would be on um 
But as soon as I was done with that and I was back in Michigan, I'm like, let's go after some whitetails, man. I want to get Yeah, because you went you know. in September. Yeah. Yeah, I got back from Kansas November 14th. Yeah, that would be a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. so, and I had to work the 15th yeah. and 16th. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> was, was that your first trip out west, technically? Yeah, yeah. yeah this was kind of a uh, year of first for me. First out-of-state hunt, first western hunt, first elk hunt, first mule yeah. deer hunt, you know, like... Now you cross that threshold. Is it a lot less like I? I don't want to say scary, but you know, what I mean, you always had that like, oh, I don't, I want to do this, but like yeah. you had that like, I don't know, something just like holding you back, like because mm-hmm. like me, I always said I wanted to go out west with somebody. I was like, I oh, hey, will you go out west? They're like, oh yeah, you know, they always talked a big game. And when it came to time, like draw and all oh. that, they always back out. Yep. So I finally took a leap and went with, with kind of with people I knew, but they were total strangers. But uh. That's what took me. And then I finally got out there. I was like, why did I wait so long? Mm-hmm. And and it, it, so is it going to be a lot easier to do uh, go out west, do you think, now and all that for oh, you? Oh, yeah. It's a lot less intimidating now. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's still a lot of species I haven't hunted, a lot of areas I don't know. Obviously, I just right. did, you know. But I have some experience, some idea of what's, you know, what it's like. And... Um, I have more connections out there now too. Like I met some people that I, like I might be going out for spring bear in Montana with a guy that I met out there um, while we were, you know, hunt, uh, bow hunting. And uh, so he's a really cool dude. I actually went out there for that long weekend with rifle hunt and he, I hunted with him. Sweet. So he's a cool dude. Um, so I was just talking to him today cause I was talking to another buddy um, who's like, Hey, do you want to, do spring bear somewhere i'm like yeah montana let me talk to my my buddy out there <laughs> and see what you know he's planning on so we're we're working on possibly doing a trip we don't know 100 percent if it's going to happen but we're going to try to make it happen yeah yeah dude it's it's so cool like this like community that we have like with the outdoors and all that and like how you can meet somebody total stranger or whatever and then like you just like click and all that i mean i mean we you know, we just met at a archery shoot and yep. we just like just started talking. I mean, mm-hmm. we're not best friends, but I mean, we just liked each other and we're like, well, we have both common interests and yep. we just stayed in contact. And I was just mm-hmm. like, hey, and I reached out. I said, hey, man, you're interested in dude. Do you want to come on? And he said, sure. I was like, I wouldn't say I'm an interesting dude. Well, but I mean, <laughs> dude, yeah. I promise we are not very interesting, dude. You just had a wit. Yeah. I've never had a, a white tail almost jump over me. Yeah. In any of my yeah, story. I, so, right. I've I'm, never it, been encountered an elk, let alone have one at yeah. 15 yards. Yeah, it was it was cool. So yeah. I think you're, you're underselling yourself. But. Well, I don't know. I'm lucky enough to to have you know friends that were willing to go out there and and show me around. Yeah, I th- I mean having people out there, that's what got me to go. I mean I've never hunted anything other than whitetail, but having people to go out on these out of state trips made it more feasible i couldn't imagine doing it by yourself yeah it would be a lot harder and you know the fact that you know both times i went out last year was with people who either you know lived out there or lived out there at one point because my buddy and his wife did live out there for a little while and then they moved uh, back that's a huge advantage because yeah yeah. (laughs) and then he hunted out there for years with his dad and grandpa and brothers and stuff like that so he hadn't you know he knew the area and then her um her uncle and one of his buddies from texas was also there staying there to you know for hunting and then stuff like that. so we would like come back to the house at night and we would like meet up with them and be like all right so what are you guys seeing you know uh you know 
you know, what's going on out there? Are they rutting? Are you hearing screaming? You know, that kind of stuff. Kind of give a after day report and see what's going on. Yeah, and I think like a lot of people, because I remember like talking to some people now, and they're like, "Oh, I always want to go out." Everyone always wants to go out. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Everybody I ask. Oh, Until yeah, you're like, how much idea. is the tag? Well, exactly. Well, it's about five, six hundred bucks. Every time. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always when somebody asks how much, it usually it's going to be red flags. But uh, like they're like, <laughs> hey, I want to go do a backpack hunt, like high country mule right. deer. I'm like, let's uh, yeah, let's uh, let's put some brakes in there. Yeah. I mean, there's some other, you know, non. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. If you want to go do that and that's your first time, go for it. Sure, yeah. for sure. But a lot of people, that's what happens, I think, is they go out there and then they experience, it's, it's going to be shitty. It's yeah. going to be not a fun time. Especially, probably get, I wouldn't recommend yeah. a first time going out to do, yes. a, you know, multiple day backcountry <laughs> backpack hunt oh, yeah. for that kind of stuff. Especially like you dip your feet in out. the water, oh, yeah. do some road hunting your first time. Yeah. Or like what we did where, where we were able to stay at their house. They live, you know, right there, which... I mean, obviously, you you don't maybe not everybody maybe has that opportunity. I right. but like, but you know, camp. But like, people would camp on the BLM, you right. know, just a mile or two down the just road a, with a camper or whatever, and they would go out on their side by sides or they would uh, hike yeah. or whatever. And you know, that's a lot more manageable, I yeah. think, for a first time. Yeah, yeah, you got to be in peak physical conditioning to be running up mountains like that. Yeah. And I you don't you have I'm to not. be. I'm not in peak physical condition. I'm and saying like on a backpack type hunt. Like you've got to be yeah. in a. Like, it just depends. A, I think it just. I think you. If you don't have no one by, with you, like yeah, dude, your mental state, dude, that's it. So if I ran a hundred yards down the road, I would be. You'd be dead. Out of breath. Yeah. Climbing a mountain is not gonna. Be, you got to pace yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Was there any uh, antelope and stuff out there? We saw a ton driving to right. where we were hunting, like because. We're driving through the open plains sure. area of North Dakota and, uh, you know, eastern Montana. Yeah. So we saw a ton that's on, what, on the way there. That's my next, I mean, it's not my next one, but it's like the one I want to start. I mean, it's not really, you don't really have to plan on them too much, you know, just, no. like, just like getting the tag and then setting a date. And yep. That's the one I want to do. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. Well, it's going to be a lot of failure in it, but yeah. I, yep. I, I feel like that would be a fun one. Just cruising and stocking, cruising yep. and stocking. Yep. Well, it's my buddy, the same one we're talking about going on the bear hunt with, like, and the, you know, he's texts me and then he's like, also, do you want to do pronghorn this year? And I'm like, of course I want to, yeah. but I'm like, I'm also planning to reapply for Montana, the combo elk, you know, <laughs> yeah. deer. I'm think we're, we're already talking about doing this, you know, spring bear hunt in Montana. I'm like, and then to add an antelope tag, I, of course I want to, right. but yeah. that's a lot of tags. A lot of money, a lot of time. And at some point, your wife's going to be like, how come you keep leaving, but you're not bringing anything back? <laughs> yeah. Right, like, yeah. You went on all or, these hunts, and you didn't bring a single thing back. Mine mine would be like, oh, let's go on a vacation. Oh, we don't have no money. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, I'm leaving to go on camp tomorrow. <laughs> right. It's yeah. like, oh, nah. It's, yeah, that does eat up a lot of resources. Now, I mean, you have kids, and yeah. now I have a kid, and I'm like, it's gonna be hard to go. Hey, I'm gonna be gone for whatever weeks yeah. or weeks weeks at a time. Like, you gotta have a little bit of better support system now. Or yeah, my I'm, wife is super cool about that. Like, I left for what I I left November. I left October 31st and came back November 14th, yeah, and she was completely fine with it. That's cool. Yeah, 
mine's like she's super supportive of me wanting to do more of the western hunt stuff because like she likes going out west too like the year uh so 2020 we went out to colorado for a vacation like family vacation did some hiking and like that was really cool like that was our first taste of being out west and you know we all loved it and then being able to go to montana and actually take them with me to hunt which is like Mm -hmm. How, you know that opportunity just doesn't happen he's smart man. like long con listen i'll tell you Get right now if i it. took my wife out to kansas it wouldn't be nearly as cool hey look at that open field no. right if you look over there there's <laughs> another <laughs> one right so I, I don't know if i'm gonna sell her on going on that yeah. but i'm right. sure if i go out west she'd probably be okay with it yeah but she's like totally mm-hmm. supportive because like she That's wants so to cool. go out west more she's actually like that like she got bit I by the bug of wanting to actually get her hunter's safety oh, cool. and everything. she's actually just signed up for her Michigan center hunter safety. Um, I think you shared, somebody was putting on a free one up in Frankenmuth or somebody, somebody was, there's a Maybe. group putting on a free hunter safety oh. course, uh, up in Frankenmuth and she tried to get in, but they were already booked up. So yeah. she's like, well, they're like, well, if we end up doing another one, we'll let you know. So they put her name on a list and they just called her saying that we're, they're doing another one in, uh, February, I think February. That's cool. So she's going to be doing that. Cause she wants to, she's already talking about like going out for turkey season oh, this yeah, year that's, and everything. That's a good one to start. So she's, she's gung ho about it. Turkey, turkey hunting is probably the best to get new hunters. Yeah. And I, I'm so interactive and yeah and i actually one of the properties that i got permission to deer hunt this year that property and all the surrounding properties are loaded i mean i would go out and see 100 turkeys every night deer hunting like it was nothing to see 100 turkeys it was crazy so your michigan deer season wasn't that bad either though no it was it was good you actually had the best michigan deer season of anybody in this room Really? Yeah, we all... We shot a combined <laughs> zero deer. Yeah, zero deer. Well, uh, I got four. <laughs> yep, you're doing <laughs> yeah, much better. Yeah, a lot better. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was, yeah, not bad at all. Um, I got a, a doe during bow season, buck with a bow, and then two does during muzzleloader season. So, all in all, I cannot complain with, at all. With, with the, what, what do you use during muzzleloader? I used my 350. Yeah, there you go. I, no, yeah. We're just seeing what. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's a good gun. I yeah. I really like it. I love. I just I just got it this year. Um, decided to go ahead and get it. What'd you get? I got the uh, CVA Scout. Okay. Um, it's the stainless model. Is, is that yeah. a single shot? Yeah. Yeah. It but it works. It, that's but it's, the thing is so compact because you don't. It's still a 20 inch barrel, but because you don't have that action yeah. in front of it the barrel gets pushed back all the way to like right in front of your hand yeah. so even with a 20 inch barrel it's super short and compact and yeah. easy to carry around i love yeah. it I, mine only thing i it's only an 18 inch barrel i got a savage axis yeah but that's a good one i have uh on mine i haven't done it yet but like if i take my kit out i can remove yep. about two inches off the butt of yep. the gun and make it shorter but it's still pretty compact mm-hmm. my wife used it uh to shoot a doe with it. She really likes it. So that was easy. It worked out really well. I needed a new gun. And well, I that, was like, these are pretty nice. Like, uh-huh. you should try it out. And so she shot one and she was like, yeah, like, I like this. Yeah. And that that's what made it an easy sell for her to be cool with me getting it. Because I'm like, well, you're actually legit wanting to get your hunter safety. Like, you're not going to want to shoot my 12 gauge <laughs> <or> slug gun. <laughs> 
And I thought about getting a 450, but even those are yep. really loud, like with the muzzle brake. They, they, I mean, the recoil, I got used to shooting a shotgun. Yeah. So the recoil was like not that bad, but they're crazy loud. Yeah, they are. Like I hated that part of it. And like, so I'm like, a new shooter isn't going to want to shoot this. Yeah. So I was like, I really like the idea of the 350. And so I told her, I'm like, Hey, I'd kind of like to get a new gun for this year, but it'll also make a great family gun. Like once oh, yeah, Eli, yeah. our oldest, Good gets stuff. old enough That's... to want to start hunting, it's perfect for him. It'll be great for her. She'll she'll enjoy shooting it. I know she will. She hasn't shot it yet. Um, it's hard to find ammo for it right now. Yeah, my boss bought me three uh, boxes online. That's how I got mine. Yeah, I was like, they sold out everywhere really fast. Yeah. Um, so. That's what I use. It's got and it's got the threaded uh, muzzle on it. Oh yeah. So to put a silencer on it, that thing is gonna be super I d- like I tame. Just, I just did my uh, suppressor. I just filed for it. Nice. Now, now they say there's a new e form that makes it. Om- yeah. Almost like, ninety days. Yeah, like three months is what I was. Yeah. Doing. So, yeah. Uh, well, this is a trial and testament because I just I did mine on um, uh, December twenty fourth. Okay. And then um. So, and that's the day they implemented it okay. for the new one. So, so I'm we'll f- hoping cause like, cause I'm like, well, I'd like to get it by next hunting season. I haven't decided what I'm getting yet or, or whatever. So like the fact that it's, if it actually is that fast, I have a little bit more time yeah. to like save up and then decide what I want to get, you right. know? Right. So, this which, was I, like you, cause I was going to do it every time I say I'm going to do it for hunting season or yep. whatever. I never even use a gun now, but <laughs> I always <laughs> say I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, like almost in like March or May, but like, Oh, if I do it now, I won't even get right. it till yeah. the following year. So all that, but then I go, so nah, I always forget, but now it's 90 days. So that's actually, or I hope. Yeah. They well, say that. let me know how that works. I will. I will keep <laughs> you I'd like to know. What's the farthest shot you took with that 350 so far? Uh, I killed both those does that I shot with it were the, were 170. Yeah, I killed a doe two years ago at 223 yards. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was nice. like, yeah, yeah, they, was, they're, they're nice. I I, I really really like it. It's yeah. a good gun. Yep. <clears throat> so, I even have ammo to the gun for the 350, and I don't even own the gun. I don't even own the <laughs> Well, you're, that's a good thing, because I'm one bullet left. Oh. Seriously, oh, yeah. after, after, because I had to, I bought the gun, I had to put a scope on it and sight it in yeah. like two days before season. So I had used up, a, and I could only, I got it at Williams and Davison. Yeah. And so they allowed like, it was like a one box per day limit. So I bought one, so the day I bought the gun, I bought a box. And then I went, uh, a couple of days later to cite it in at Williams because they give you a free day at the range if right. you uh, buy a gun there. So, and then I was like, well, it's a different day. So I'll buy another box. Um, and then I had a little bit of issue getting it cited in. I finally got it dialed in. So I used up a little bit more ammo than I would have liked to. And then I actually ended up doing a hunt and I missed a doe at 190, like four times. I'm like, something's wrong. So I had to take it back, and it was like hitting way off, like like four inches low at a hundred. And I shot her. At, I was shooting at like one ninety at the <laughs> snow. I'm like, why is she not even moving? Like yeah. this is. I'm like, I'm just gonna stop. So I went through a bunch of ammo, and then I did buy a box off a buddy who had somebody's. Like I'm limited too. Right. So like I'll just, I, I'll, you can buy one box. Yeah, so. I bought three boxes. It was like a hundred and some dollars offline. Dude. Yeah, because nowhere, nowhere had them. Yeah, it's a popular gun. I- yeah. 
Yeah. Well, once I bought one, I found out why. They're, so for kids, new hunters, yep. they are phenomenal. They have hardly any recoil. They're super compact. And, I mean, 200 yards is not a hard shot for that gun. I mean, I no. will literally stack bullets at 150 mm. yards mm -hmm. all day. Yeah. No, I, I just like shooting it. Yeah. Like, I, I went when I went to sight it in, I'm like, man, this is a really fun gun to shoot. I like, I will just go out recreationally with this thing. And <laughs> I remember growing up shooting 12, like, sighting in 12. Oh, yeah. Just Brutal. Like, yeah. And then I shot this gun. I was like, this is so much more enjoyable. Yeah. Mm. Like, I, I I don't, I'm, I know tomorrow morning I'm not going to wake up and not be able to use my right arm <laughs> because I just beat the piss out of it for yeah. two hours. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, yeah. I, uh, I, my wife loves it. She didn't hunt much this year, but I, I, she's only killed one deer. But I, I, my favorite hunting story is watching her miss a buck <laughs> from about twenty yards away with oh. my shot. Actually, it was it was clearly was like fifteen yards away. Uh, two year old eight point with my shotgun because I didn't have the three. It was two years ago. It comes out chasing a doe comes to 10 yards breeds the doe and he's on top of the doe and she's like can i shoot him i'm <laughs> like no like let him let him do his thing he hops down and i said shoot and she just blasts it right over his back at 10 oh. yards <laughs> she gets so pissed when i tell her <laughs> she's gonna listen to this and she's gonna be so mad at me yeah, yeah I, i'm excited to get get her out and, and hunt with her and everything but i know she's gonna be really hard on herself like if that's something goes my, wrong yeah that's or, how or whatever like so i know we're gonna have to like work through that yeah. you know i'm like it happens oh. you know i because it's gonna something's gonna happen at some point oh, yeah. if you yeah. hunt long enough something's gonna oh go wrong. yeah if, if if you said nothing ever wrong has happened or you've never done anything wrong you're lying yeah there's yeah. no way my it's, wife kind of <clears throat> She just had really bad luck when she, she missed, like, the first, like, three or four deer she ever shot at. So, like, it was kind of hard to get her into it. And then the one deer, we were on the early doe hunt, and, like, she just missed the doe because she kept trying to tell me, oh, I can shoot out to 200, I can shoot out to 200. And I was like, yeah, like, I'm sure you can, but at that mo at that time, I never shot out there. So I didn't know where to tell her where to aim. Right, yeah. And so she ends up shooting underneath the deer. Well, another doe comes out, and then some bucks come out behind him and she's like oh look look at the bucks i'm like yeah like we can't shoot them like so mm -hmm. i need you to focus on the doe <laughs> that's like 60 yards away and she just keeps talking about the bucks and i'm like you need to get on the doe because she's about to bust us and you're not mm -hmm. gonna get a shot and so she, finally she's like i kind of like yelled at her i was like D do you see the deer like don't shoot those bucks like we were going to jail to <laughs> like and so then she finally like focused on the does and shot it and dropped it and she was she was pretty happy to finally get one but she wants to get a buck but she's just as selective as you are i could put a year and a half year old buck which would be perfect for her mm -hmm. in front of her and she just she won't shoot it yeah i don't know what she's gonna do because she like she knows that i try to be a little more selective like not shooting year and a half old bucks and stuff like that. So I don't know if she's going to go into it thinking that she has to do the same thing. I'm going to tell her that she doesn't have to, no. but you know, she may think that, well, if you're doing it cause you want to try to get the age class up and everything, yeah. you know, yeah, but, I just uh, explain I'm, I'm, one deer you know, is not going to, no, that's all I no. ever explained to her, but she still, she still just is like, Nope, I'm, I'm, I'm holding oh, and the, the number of year-and-a-half-old bucks I saw this year, it wouldn't have made a difference. <laughs> yeah. So many year-and-a-half-old yeah. bucks. I couldn't. It was crazy. And, and the best, like, 
you know, on a, like we took a couple of our buddies out for the first time and they didn't like, they were like, I want to wait for this deer. I'm like, you can all that, but guess what? And when that moment happens, I don't want you to freeze up or, you know, something else happened because you've never shot one yet. So it's better. I don't care. Like, dude, shoot whatever, spike, whatever, whatever legal and just shoot it. Just shoot mm -hmm. it. Yep. Just to get your feet wet. And, you know, and I think that's what people should really learn. But whatever. It's. I mean, I'd almost shot a year and a half year old deer when I took East now this year. We seen a little six point and he was like, yeah, shoot it. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay. But it just didn't work out. So. Yeah. Yeah. But. No, I like people can do yeah whatever they want to yeah. do but when it comes to bucks like especially in michigan you're only gonna have so many opportunities so for a new hunter like uh, yeah. totally cool with them doing that yeah and i think east so east will be six so i'm gonna try to get him shooting the gun and then if he's good i'll take him on the youth hunt and yeah it's fair game I, yeah. don't, I don't care yeah. if, if, if if you see a button buck that walks out and that's what you want to shoot, buddy. That was well, we're, we're, first deer I ever yep. shot was a button buck. <laughs> I had too. no, no clue, you know, yeah. that it was in the doe. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'll probably be like, "That's a button buck," like maybe not, but if he's like, "No," like, okay, well, get the gun up, like we're yeah. sending it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But so, um, one of your side gigs. So I'm gonna mess it up. So I'm not even gonna say <laughs> it. Um, we didn't mention at the beginning of the podcast. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Because it's, it's kind of a cool thing. Uh, yeah, so I'm the owner of Illumapin Sight Lights. So it's just, uh, I make sight lights for bow sights. Um, most commonly used on target rigs, but some guys are starting to put them on hunting rigs now too. So uh, that's pretty much the product at this point and some other supporting accessories that go along with sight lights and things like that. Um, but I'm currently in the process of working on some other uh offerings of different types of products you know not just sight lights stuff like that kind of branching out a little bit what's the benefit of having that sight light uh especially i would say for target shooting because that's how joe has one i, I, yep. I think because matt really i mean i'm not calling you you're not in the 3d or target world that's so the like, nicest way you've told me i'm dumb <laughs> yeah no <laughs> i'm not saying you're not you. dumb you just don't know because like i like i was like oh i'm gonna go with a 3d shoot and i go there i'm looking at everybody's rig i'm like what the f yeah I said, like, hey, the only yeah. light i ever seen was you know them little one. stats yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah and then you always somehow they bumped in your case and yeah. then they're dead yeah, by mine's, time mine's yep. dead i know yeah i went Every to a 3d shoot one time and showed up with a fixed pin sight and shot 100 yards so i know exactly how you felt <laughs> oh, yeah. up to a 3D shoot. don't worry i shot the wrong uh, i did my first <laughs> indoor 3d target it was uh up there in brown city uh, and yeah. uh I shot the wrong target. You know how you go oh, station, yeah. Yeah. station yeah. to station. I was so nervous. I shot the wrong target. Yeah. The guy's like, I don't see where your arrow hit. I was like, dude, I right there, dude. Smoked I see, it. smoked it. He's like, what? no, we're shooting this target. I was like, oh, zero. Oh, well, I didn't do that. So, so. all right. So yeah, sorry. What is the uh, yeah? What are the benefits of having that for say target shooting? Uh, the benefit is. So, like, as Joe would know, there's a lot, a lot of varying light conditions in 3D, especially because you're shooting under canopy, uh, out in the open, uh, sometimes mixed, a little bit of canopy, you know, but the wind is moving and it's, you know, blowing the sun in and out. So, being able to see your pin and where you're aiming is really, really important in 3D because you're having to aim for such a small spot. So, being able to have the light allows you to control your pin brightness so that you can 
adjust it for those when you're in a really bright sun or really, you know, in a darker tunnel environment almost. So it just helps people to fine tune what their sight picture looks like. Okay. Is it like a, like like the LED, like bright light on, like, I guess on my bow, which is just that shitty one that always dies? Or yeah, it's, a, like it's a, an LED bulb, but mine has a cable that goes to a battery pack with a controller switch on it. So you would Velcro strap that or use, there's some mounting options for being able to attach it to like a target style sight on the, the dovetail. And it's rechargeable, or do you have to get... Uh, mine's not rechargeable. It's two CR2032 watch batteries. Okay. Um, some of the ones out there on the market are rechargeable, okay. or they're a combination of rechargeable, or and you can also have um, changeable batteries in it. Joe's grabbing his, yeah, so I can see it. So oh, yeah, there you go. This is... I think this is before you bought... Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I mean, do you use yours for hunting or no? I do. Yeah, I, I that was my hunting one. It doesn't and, show me anything. No, I don't. I I've been uh, I I use that one for target now, because my hunting one um, uh, I tried a different one and I did not like it. Uh-huh. I don't want to say the brand. I'm not gonna trash talk of the brand, but it would wouldn't get as bright as these. Uh huh. And I was just going for a lower profile. Yep. And then I now you have the minis. Yep. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get the minis for my hunting one. Yep. This one works great, though. I like this one. And yeah. No, the, the original work works. right now. Well, I, I left the batteries on that. Well, that, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, that will do it. Well, I was like, I was showing, I was showing some, I think I was showing my wife. I was like, yeah, this is the light and all that. And then I never turned it off. Does your yeah. wife react the same way my wife would have been? Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to explain to her. take the trash out now? Yeah. Like, my, my wife's really sweet and she pretends to be interested. And I tell her about my new ideas. <laughs> yeah. and oh, that's cool. Mine yeah. listens to my hunt stories 10 times. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so, yeah. so you have like, like a full version and a mini too, right? Yep, yep. The original is a little bit bigger. Um, it has a fixed cable, and uh, the mini has a detachable cable, which is a really nice feature. Yeah, it that's... just makes it get easier to mount it on the bow because you're not having to wind the whole thing and twist it, yeah. in, thread it into the sight, and then figure you know finagle yeah. the wire around and get it strapped on. So that makes that easier. And then if you want to have like a a cable mounted on one site for your hunting bow and then a cable mounted on your target bow you can just take the battery pack off and switch that between oh, yeah. lights so you can just have two designated cables and you can buy, buy the cables separate yeah, you can too. buy them individually Sweet. yep yeah you just taught joe something uh yeah. it, now i, I can hear now it my, in his voice my credit like, card wow. just I'm gonna ding, ding dumb interest <laughs> this is, rate. This is cutting into our shed fund yeah. oh, oh yeah. my god <laughs> no no <laughs> But yeah, I mean, dude, I mean, it's just a, I mean, is, it's a simple product. I mean, it, it the original, the guy who originally started it wanted to come up with something that was easy to use, was plenty bright enough and, uh, was a lot more affordable than a lot of the other yeah. target style, I guess, sight lights that are out there on the market that are pretty expensive. Yeah. They're, they're nice. They have some nice features, but they're pretty pricey. And some people are like, well, I just need a light. Like, right. why do I need to spend $150 on a light? So he that's why he came up with it. And he used, you know, he also came up with it, like, for hunting. He actually started hunting with it more, but then realized a lot of people were like, no, this is sweet for 3D and everything. Um, so he had his original one, which is that one right there. And then he came out with the Mini, which is a smaller box, has a detachable cable. Um, and then 
I came out with the Mini Gen 2, which is just an upgrade, um, you know, fixing some things that weren't quite ironed out with the first gen of minis that some people had some, you know, some feedback that they weren't quite satisfied with certain things. So we addressed it and mm-hmm. got a much better version out there now. What is the battery life on that? Uh, so up to 90 hours, that's going to be on a lower setting. Obviously, if you're running it at max brightness, um, you're probably going to run it for about 16 hours before you start to see it dim out for a hunting setup this is so nice because i don't have to worry like the one i have on my site that i bought like you said it gets bumped and then next thing you know it's on and then it never works this yeah. like you're not gonna bump this no no hey, well you can like if you're doing public land yeah. like you know making your way through some thick nasty stuff i have bumped it on but it's pretty rare for that yeah, yeah the one i have in my bow case like i looked at it wrong and it bumped it. Like, <laughs> yeah so it, and it and depending on where you have it mounted you can kind of keep that switch a little more protected and out of the way than like yeah. other areas and then you got the uh you don't the tight was it tight light tight yeah that's uh, its own company okay. tight light jamie Kruger uh out there in wisconsin they make a bracket that attaches to like a dovetail bar on a target style site that you can, and then you use uh, double-sided tape to mount your light to it. So then you don't have to use like a Velcro strap to yeah. strap it onto your bow. It just, it's sleeker, cleaner. It doesn't vibrate or move around. And then you can just, and then it's got a set screw where you can easily put it on that dovetail bar or and take it off. Right. And then he ca- also came out with an adapter bracket to where you could mount it to a hunting style site if your site has more than one set of mounting holes oh yeah, oh, yeah. you can attach it to one of those extra mounting holes the, the adapter bracket oh, and then put that regular you know his his original a tight light mount onto that okay. which is the way i run it for 3d because i i shoot hunter class usually so i'm using a hunting style site so that's yeah. how i have my mounting because i don't have the dovetail Sweet. and so dude for the price like because i went with a I would say a competitor, I guess, of yours. Um, the more expensive, I think, actually double your price, probably. There's yeah, there's several that are yeah, and double or more. And I couldn't get the brightness out, and I was pissed too because yeah. I was just like, you know, okay, I'm gonna upgrade, you know, because you always think more money, mm-hmm. more, better it is. Yeah, went bought it, couldn't get the brightness, threw it right in the case, never touched it again, and got yours back out. So yeah, no, it's it's a, like I said, it's a simple product that's made to just work well and be easy to use right. and be affordable. Yeah. So that's that's the goal behind it. We're not we're not trying to compete with you know people who are trying to put the fanciest features in them right. because we as soon as we do that we're gonna be in a the same price you know right. bracket and then we're gonna you know, lose the interest of, you know, people who just want something affordable. Yeah. What do, uh, what did these costs, I guess? I mean, I uh, so those, the original ones were, you know, 59 um, which, uh, I don't know, <laughs> I guess I'll go ahead and say we're not, I'm not sure if I'm going to keep selling the originals because the minis have been so selling so much better right. that it's going to be hard to justify continuing to buy them when they're a lot of them are just like sitting City. in inventory That's fine. so but the mini is a little bit more expensive uh with the base price being 74.99 still that's but it's still that's still half the price yeah. of a, a, a bigger one and i to 
and I'm not trying to because you're here. I'm literally being honest with you. Double the brightness, and yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't want to say I have bad eyes, but you will ask anybody you shot with me. I, I, I got literally got an eight times lens, uh-huh. and yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I, I was like, you're like, you got an eight power lens in that thing? Like that would drive me nuts. Yeah, dude. I got I, like, dude. So I like, I tell, I want the big, the brightest light and the the uh-huh. the biggest sco- or time scope and. I, I got that one. I thought it would be better, but no. I mean, this product, it, it works. And like you said, it just, it just, it just works and made to work. And, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm glad. And I, I didn't even know you kind of undercover boss. <laughs> he didn't tell. He, he, he just starts to trash dude, it well, one day. First off, like, oh, by the way, I own like that. how I met Ben, I met him at an IAA shoe, just a 3D shoe. And we got paired up and all this. And he said he was hunting hunter class. And I was like, I wonder. And this guy shoots a crazy good score. <laughs> I did break one of your arrows, and it was your lucky arrow. No, you broke my knock. Oh, broke your knock. Yeah, yeah you so ruined my lucky knock. I, but he shot a crazy good score, and I was like, and then he was asking about these Luma pins. I was like, yeah, yeah, all this. And then, and then I find <laughs> you out, had one on your bow. I yeah, think. and then finally, I then. C, uh, CR, yeah. the guy that in charge of the tournament, posts like, hey, graduation, Ben Cooper. He just announced that he's buying Luma Pen. I'm like, <laughs> I, just, I, I just shot with that dude. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, but, uh, I didn't want to be out, go out there like, hey, how are you guys doing? My name's Ben. I own a Luma Pen sight light. So yeah. no, I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah. You know, I'm just, you know, yeah, just, I mean, I'm regular guy just wanting to go out and enjoy a shoot. You yeah. Know? That's a beautiful thing. I, I oh man, I try to sell so many people on 3D shoot, and they yeah, oh. they don't understand it until they actually do you it. You need yeah. to never ever sell someone on going to tech though. The, oh, well, that was shoot. a different not thing. the best yeah. opening experience. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I mean, it's lost, an awesome event. It is. But, it was super cool. But I only lost one of my arrows. I think I lost two of Joe's. Well, so it worked out for me. The problem yeah. is <laughs> you didn't have a backpack with four days worth of mountain house on them and and seven hundred pounds. Of food and I think waters. I actually I talked to Joe just the other day about getting a single pin sight uh-huh. to put on my bow specifically for 3D shooting this year. I'm so yeah. excited. It's, yeah, it's a it's a great. I mean, that's all I would shoot for 3D unless I was shooting a class like a hunter class where they require uh, fixed pins. Yeah. You know, you can't use a movable and sight. But I don't know any of the rules, so I guarantee I would well they vary from it. association yeah. to association. Yeah. So like in the IAA, they can you know you can use a movable site as long as it's, as it's considered a hunting style site in the hunter class. Right. Normal, a lot of other, like the IBO, I think if you're shooting hunter class, it has to be fixed pins. Yeah. No, no not movable. And I think ASA is the same too, right? Um, I can't yeah, Probably. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I think IAA is the only one. I was telling a buddy it's, about it out in Pennsylvania, which mostly all they have is like uh, IBO. Yeah. I, know, and he was like, oh, dude, that, it makes sense because like single pin hunting sites are just as common as multiple since yeah, the only reason I don't use hunting. single pin for hunting is because I've had so many instances where things have happened so fast. Oh, I get I that. I, and that's where like back in Montana, I'm not going back to Montana with a single pin, even though I had the second indicator on the post that got me out to about 50. If I had the site, the main pin set at 35, uh, you really can't see that very well if it's, you know, you're not mm-hmm. the right lighting. So, but I love the sight picture of, of a single pin, like that vertical oh. pin. Anything's right in the man. center of the housing. So, 
I love that Spot Hog came out with that triple stack site, which is three pins that are all vertical stacked in front oh, of each yeah. other so that it, it's a single pin site picture, but you have three pins right. and they're all individually adjustable and you have three indicators on your dial so you know where each pin is no matter where you have the dial turned to. Yeah, that would So be that nice. like that's probably what I get what I'll get. I know Black Gold just came out with it's a two pin site but it's single, you know, like they're stacked in front of each other like a single pin site, they're vertical and unlike so like Spot Hog had the double pin yeah. Uh, for several years, which I thought about getting, but I didn't like that the second pin wasn't movable. So it could, you yeah. have it, the top one set at 20, and depending on your bow speed, it could be anywhere from 30 to 38.7 yard. You can't adjust it. So, right. like the, so uh, Black Gold has that second pin just like that, but theirs is actually adjustable. I think that's supposed to be coming out soon if it's not all, already. Yeah, and I, 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 I like don't. that one too. I'm, I'm, debating about whether or not to get that one or the spot hog but i think i'll want the extra pin for out west so i'll probably get the spot hog. yeah that's right so i went with fixed pin but like when you get to like the 30 and 40 those middle pins like there's not a lot to see past there like that's why i went with the yeah. trophy ridge react because it was just so much easier to set the pins mm-hmm. for different and, and they're actually spread out. I remember my other bow, like they just seemed to be stacked on top of each other. Yeah. And it was yeah. so hard to I had a, them. I had an IQ seven pin. Mm-hmm. That's you can't see anything. Yeah. That <laughs> no, and that's yeah. what I, I I don't like about the the multiple pins, you know, that come in from the side yeah, like that. You're just I the single pin sight picture is so nice. Yeah. Like it, you had seven pins? Yeah. Oh yeah, I had five. And well, I literally took. I went from because yeah. you know I was like, sometimes the internet will destroy your mind because like because <laughs> like yeah. you read yeah. form and I was like an archery talk like like I'm huge archery talk like just for the classifieds. Now I used to you know when I started getting these you know archery I wanted because I really didn't have no one that went to 3ds and all that and I was mm-hmm. like oh you want this. They're like, no, man, all real world scenarios, you want seven pins, you want 20 all the way out to whatever, 100. Yeah, 200, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know, and then I was like, I got it. I was like, dude, I shot for like a week, and I was like, no, and I went out, and I was like, I'm going to buy a single pin, and then I'm going to do a cross-reference if I want to go from like whatever, because I went three to seven, and then I went to a single, and I was like, nope, I found it, so I went yeah. to single. Yeah. I've never had a single pin, but I, I can tell you, I sh- I've shot fixed pins for so long, and the you know your 20 yard pin is your easiest because you can see past it you know i can mm-hmm. see what i'm shooting so much easier so a single pin just everywhere would be phenomenal the, yeah. the, the only the only thing i the, the reason i've never pulled it is cuz i've always just done hunting and i've had like i've had buddies that have single pins and i've had so many instances where it happened so fast you know like trying to adjust you know or guess kind of like yeah. what happened it, it just it would be really hard but i was and i was worried about that when i first went to a single pin like uh, is it gonna be too complicated for for you know hunting and stuff like that and i've hunted with a single pin in michigan the last three or four seasons and i've never once had to adjust it but I think a lot of that's due to the fact that, like, every single shot opportunity I've had has been inside of 25 yards. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm like, yeah, but but I practice out to further distances, like out to, like, 35, 40. 
with it and I, I know where it hits, but I've never had to do that. Right. You well, know, it is, in Michigan, it's nice because you hunt those. So you have a general idea of where the exactly. are going to cross. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I know in Kansas, it was like when you go somewhere new and you don't know, like things happen so differently. And, and, and you dealt with it in Montana. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, yep. man, if, if, if they would have stayed here, if I would have known they would have mm-hmm. been here, like, so yeah, that's where for me, that would be the biggest concern. But yeah. Now and that's why I'm going to be pins that have three pins. It's right. a little bit different. Yeah. I guess it's, it's, I guess you can't call it a single pin anymore. It's just a it's vertical this, pin with, a, the, yeah. with the pins in line and, you know, beyond, in front of each other. So there's not multiple pins coming in. You yeah. just see one pin with three different color yeah. fiber optics basically is what you're looking at. Oh, bring the old brass pins. Do you remember the brass pins? Yeah. Yeah. I don't necessarily remember. I mean, I never used them. I've seen them. Oh, yeah, I, just, like, I never used them. I look at them and I'm like, I don't know how these people kill deer. Yeah, I know. Like, I just don't get it. Yeah. No. And I seen one where our, it was like a picture of one that was like the brass pins, but they paint it with reflective paint. Yep. I don't yep. know. I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Fancy. Yeah. We come yep. with cheap plastic fiber optics. Oh, works. man. Dude, I, I shot my first bow like... I think like last year it was, it's a Martin, I think Jaguar or whatever. And mm-hmm. the let off on that thing is just so gross. It no let like, off. Uh, yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. like, it was just like, and it's just like the Valley or I'm sorry if people don't understand, like the, you know, going into yep. the Valley, it's just like, clunk. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, Oh my. And when, when I got my vertex, like I shot it for a little while and then, uh, I, my buddy was using my old mission that it was like I got in 2018 or no, 2008. And, uh, I was like, all right, like, you know, I'll, I'll shoot it real quick. See how it goes. So like when I pull my vertex back, it gets through the Valley and it's, there's, there's nothing, you know, mm-hmm. I can literally hold out in front of me. This thing, I was like, like, are we going to like, there's no, when does it let off? And uh-huh. I was like, man, how did I shoot this boat for this yeah. many years? You know, know, it's like so different. I didn't didn't realize the difference until I actually shot after yeah. I got my new bow. Yeah. I was like, this is insane. Yeah, I mean, I don't have my first bow wasn't super old because I actually haven't been bow hunting for a long time. So it was a Quest Forge, which is I don't know, maybe they started making them like 2015 or 16 or something like that. And I got that. Uh, See, I've bow hunted four seasons now. So whatever year that was when I bought it. And then after that, I went to the Prime Logic and then CT3. Prime CT3 is what I've used the last two seasons. That's double cam, right? Well, yeah, it's got the dual Prime cams, you know, which they went away from this year, but that's like was always their thing ever since they started up until this year. Well, he he can't be part of the Bow Bros. Yeah, we're part of the Bow Bros. We got we got called Bow (laughs) Bros. It's so like, like, dude, I don't know. It's it's a tax story, dude. It's just like these guys came around and see they seen all our Matthews, and Uh they're like, and then they looked up at you know us and. I mean, Matt well, so kind of like, looks normal, like, but you know, Travis, <laughs> yeah, you know, he, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, he, he's I'm, the nicest guy and he, he's super intimidating if you don't know him. Like, I wasn't intimidated. Oh, uh, I mean like just covered in tattoos. Oh, they come around the corner and they have some scrawny suburban looking, just white kids sitting there. Wearing hey dudes, basically. Wearing, yeah, Walmart hey dudes. And then there's two dudes that are just fully tatted. I mean, Travis has them like on his eyebrows mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And then they like look at our bows and they're like 
well, what are you just part of the Bow Bros? Or like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So. Nice to meet you. Yeah. But so, dude, I, I I'm so glad that you came out here and took time to be on our yeah. podcast, man. I really it's appreciate fun. it. I know you're a huge component to like. I know you support the IAA and all that, and I really appreciate it, man. You just, man. And I, I'm so, like, through the hunting community in Michigan and, like, 3D is huge. Yeah. So I really appreciate yeah. everything that you do. Like, I know all the kids and mm-hmm. all, your job. I know being a painter, you've probably been slammed and all that. Yeah. You still make time to help people out in the hunting community and all yeah, that. Yeah, so, try to. Like yeah. to do, like to be able to do more than what I do, but, you know, that, you know, you can only have so much time to, to do stuff. But, yeah, I, I like helping out and supporting the IAA. I, I really have enjoyed, you know, shooting it. And, you know, when, uh, like, he, uh, the previous owner, Travis, he supported the IAA originally. And uh, when I bought the bought it, I reached out to CR. I'm like, hey, just so you know, I'm, you know, plan to continue on because I appreciate the association. I've got to meet great people going out. I've never had a bad time at a shoot. I've never shot with anyone that I didn't enjoy shooting with complete stranger getting paired up with. It's always been a great atmosphere. And I want to, I want to see more of that just in, you know, in hunting, but like just in society and culture. Like if every event you ever went to was that way, like life, people would be going out a lot more. Yeah, for sure. And like, and doing, doing, trying new things yeah. you know actually going outside and smelling the air and yeah. being outside just a lot of people forget about it they take it you know what i mean and and there's a lot to see and a lot to do and archery is such a i've never had the time like shoot my bow where i was just like like you know what i mean it just like everything just kind of washes away when you're doing that so yep so uh do you want to do a shout out on all the places to like find yeah, you so. or lumapin or uh all yeah that? we got the facebook page uh just the lumapin site lights uh i've got instagram i don't do a lot on instagram but i do a little bit of posting lumapin archery on instagram um or lumapin underscore archery on instagram and then uh, yeah that's about it for you know, Lumapin. Do you have Instagram a website that you could order? Yeah, Lumapin.com. Okay. Yep, it's I-L-L-U-M-A-P-I-N. When we post this, we'll probably... Yeah, we'll link it okay. up yeah. and yeah. for sure. For and, uh, yep. Anything else you want to say before we take off? Uh, I mean, keep an eye out, coming out with some, at least one new product, hopefully in the next month or two. Hey, you know, who knows? Sometimes things take longer than you hope. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, with supply chain and everything, but... but <laughs> with COVID, things... Yeah. <laughs> COVID yeah. is the big common denominator there. Well, it's... And it's also the common excuse now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, so, it's so easy yeah. to just go, sorry, COVID. But, yeah. yeah. But I, I just ordered... I just wanted McDonald's. I know. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, COVID's hard. Yeah. So as far as that, that's, that's about it as far as that goes. But uh, besides that, I just... Thank you guys for having me out. I Dude, love, yeah, I love talking out. about hunting oh, and yeah. any Dude. chance I can get to do it. It's, it's great. I love the hunting community. If and You're welcome back anytime. And then that's a big cool. I mean, anytime you want. And then like, yeah, and you get your wife into it. And then, yeah. I mean, I don't know if she wants to talk or you can just come here and talk about the experience. That yeah. would be really oh, cool. Oh, I'd be more than happy to come back out. It's nice that I'm only 10 minutes from you. Oh, yeah. I have cool. an hour drive home now. Yeah, oh, yeah. Whatever. Where, where are you at? Owasso. Oh, okay. Yeah. Some good deer hunting out there. Yeah, yeah. it's not bad. <laughs> no. I can't complain. No. But. It was rough this year, but... Well, I mean, 
there's every every now and then you got to have a rough year oh yeah so it keeps you humble yeah yeah so, all right 